0: chapter thirteen of tom playfair or making a start by francis j finn s j this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by maria therese chapter thirteen in which tom takes a trip as this story concerns thomas playfair and only incidentally the history of st mars the reader will be spared the sad details concerning the night of the catastrophe and of the ensuing days of mourning tom whom we have to do with was conducted to the infirmary saturday morning by the doctor in person brother he said to the infirmarian here is a boy who's to get complete rest for the next seven or eight days tom who was standing behind the doctor and the infirmarian smiled genially raised his right leg and while balancing himself on his left waved it spasmodically just look at him continued the doctor turning sharply and catching him in the act he's trying to knock his burned leg against something even now no i ain't protested the discomfited acrobat bringing his foot to the floor i'm not a fool whereupon he resumed his smile the rug knew that harry Quip would be his companion of course brother pursued the man of medicine you are to die at him tom's face fell die at me with what doctor with a boat-hook answered the grave practitioner without showing the least sign of a twinkle in his eye he added in a lower tone to the infirmarian three pieces toast and tea for breakfast same for supper with beef tea instead of tea for dinner tom overheard him i say he broke in i'm not sick i want to go to school and keep up with my classes you can't go out for a week sir and if you don't keep your legs quiet i'll not let you out for two weeks now remember young fellow no hopping over beds no skipping no jumping about the room no running when you have to walk walk slowly but the best thing you can do is to keep perfectly quiet oh pshaw tom was disgusted even quip jolly as ever though battered could not reconcile him to his imprisonment nor did he become more reconciled as the days passed after swallowing his toast he was wont to seek out the infirmarian brother he would say i think i'm ready for breakfast now I just brought it to you what you called out a breakfast look here brother i'm paid for the brother would answer with a grin and tom would turn away growling on saturday of the following week he received a letter which elicited a whoop from him what are you howling about now asked quip who with the exception of a slight bruise and a touch of stiffness was as well as ever read it yourself cried tom tossing the letter to harry and hopping about the room in an ecstasy of joy thus the letter ran st louis november sixth eighteen master thomas playfair dear son have just heard from president of college further details of calamity and of your sickness hear too that you have been changing for the better got more sense more faithful to your duty study harder God to learn too that you are brave though far too reckless best of all i'm told that your company is good although president pronounces you quite well he thinks that a few weeks rest and change might be safe as nervous shocks are likely to leave after effects as i wrote you last september your uncle has gone to cincinnati where as he says he is studying law in a few days i shall be compelled to go there on business and your aunt has already made an engagement to see a friend there start for cincinnati at once we'll telegraph your uncle to meet you at depot have advised president to procure you through ticket and enclose you twenty-five dollars for pocket money good-bye till we meet and god bless you your father george playfair at half past two that afternoon tom standing on the platform of a car waved his handkerchief to his playmates as the train shot past the college kansas city was reached fifteen minutes after scheduled time and tom who had been counting for the last three hours on a grand lunch at the railroad depot Was obliged to hurry from his car to the Cincinnati train in order to make connections. But here his forced patience was rewarded. Ladies and gents, shouted a fat little man who seemed to be in a perpetual state of breathlessness, a dining car is attached to this train, and supper with all the delicacies of the season is now served. How much? inquired Tom, catching the fat man's sleeve and fastening upon him one of the most earnest gazes the fat man had ever encountered. Seventy-five cents cash without any chromo. Do you want to come in for half price? Do you take us for a circus? The fat man was chuckling between each word. Pshaw! Is that all? Why, mister, I'd be willing to lay out five dollars on a square meal. You're going to lose on me this trip. I've got a whole week to make up for. Come right along, then, said the fat man. And Tom needed no second bidding. A negro with an austere face and a white apron moved the chair for Tom and, handing him the menu, waited for the order. Tom's brows knitted as he read the bewildering list, a sort of macaronic out of rhyme and meter. I say, couldn't you let me have a program in English of this entertainment? The negro, changing his austere expression, not one whit, rattled forth Chicken roaster boiled, chicken salad, eggs fried, poached, boiled, omelet with jelly if preferred, beef steak, lamb, mutton chops, veal, ham, sausages, potatoes, fried, boiled, Saratoga chips, tomatoes, raw, eggplant, baked beans, apple and custard pie, coffee, cream, tea, and bananas. That'll do, I think, said Tom. Fetch em in. The waiter changed expression. Fetch which? Those things you were singing out. The waiter scratched his head. Look here, said Tom confidentially. I haven't had a square meal for a week. A doctor's been practicing on me till I'm nearly ruined. Now you just go to work and get me lots to eat get me a good square meal and i'll give you fifty cents for yourself there wasn't a sign of austerity on the negro's face as he hurried away tom was served with a meal fit for a starving prince and he did it justice the negro stationed behind him could scarce credit his eyes nothing equal to tom's performances had ever come under his observation tom ignorant of the admiration he had excited plied knife and fork in a quiet determined way wishing in his heart that the doctor and the infirmarian could see him it would be a sweet revenge come here whispered the waiter to one of his fellows this young chap won't be able to get up he'll bust however after three-quarters of an hour's steady attention to the matter in hand tom arose quite calmly whereupon four waiters who had been viewing his performance from behind and expressing their wonder in dumb shows slipped quietly away and making a huge sign of the cross returned thanks for his meal i said my prayers after, i said my prayers after meals three times he remarked confidentially to the waiter as he gave him 1 dollar and 25 cents because i think i got in at least three suppers tom ought to have been sick that night he should have suffered intensely the doctors and story-books are at one on this point all the same he retired early and slept a dreamless sleep which lasted for over 9 hours and if the recording angel put any one on the blacklist for gluttony on that particular day i am inclined to think it was the doctor and not the patient End of chapter thirteen recording by maria therese